Welcome, everybody, to episode number 49 of the Odyssey podcast. Connor and I were joined by Andrew Rowe. Andrew is a co-chair under Odyssey Strength and a very, very accomplished uh, athlete under the RHPF. So it was a, it was a super interesting conversation. Connor, Connor how do you feel about it? Uh, it was it was such a nice chat, you know, and it's it's one thing I missed about having guests on is that it, it's it can be just a catch up, you know, with people you don't get to see too often. And and Andrew is is a guy I have a ton of time for, and I don't get to see him often enough. He's up in 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 Dublin, I think, as you refer to it. Um, <laughs> so I don't get to see him quite as often as I'd like to, and I, I I'm super interested in how his training is going, even how his college is going, and how he is going to handle this big shift in. Maybe it's not even a big shift in training gears, but in competing gears, having been such a successful sub-junior and junior lifter coming into the big bad world of the Open, that's something I was really interested to talk to him about. And I was really surprised by his answers. You know, I, I'm i not going to yep. you know, save it for the listener to kind of get into it in a little bit, but he really, really impressed me. And that was a super enjoyable chat this morning. And we got some great feedback on recent episodes with guests and people just liked that they were sitting in on a conversation. Um, and I think this is this is one. If you felt that way about previous episodes, you're really going to enjoy this one. This really does epitomize that, and I think it's it's in part due to the fact that we did absolutely zero preparation for this. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was literally just the truest representation of a, a free flowing chat. Um, but I think an interesting one at that. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Yeah, I feel like it's it's um at one point it's like an insult if we bring a guest on and do zero prep. But at this point in time with Andrew, it's like this is a high compliment when we do zero prep because we know that, man, whatever happens, whatever comes up, we're going to have a great time with you. You know what I mean? I think that's that's that is how I felt about it with Andrew anyway, because when, you know, usually we put a lot of time and effort into, especially if they're an expert on something like with with Dr. Wolf or Dr. Nolan that we had on um, a lot of time prepping and spending and doing research. But with when it's just the guys you're just looking forward to a good chat you know and that's i really really enjoyed that here um his training is blowing up as well so we talk about obviously how his training is going his competition plans for the coming year uh we talked a bit about kind of books and and strategies such as that because he's recently recently enough i suppose grown into the 105s especially coming into the open that's a, a big dangerous class to be in do you know what i mean so yeah that was cool to hear his thoughts on as well so yeah all in all one of my one of my favorite episodes i think we've done this year Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, we hope you enjoy. Your training is going, you just, no, yeah. How long ago was your last competition, Andrew? <laughs> so, Euros was, when was it? It was early, mid-October. Oh, shit. It's, so it was a couple of weeks ago now, yeah. yeah I actually it, don't, it, I haven't spoken to you at all about it, but it seemed like you were delighted. Oh, it was great, yeah. Um, I'm sure I've spoke about it and said it so many times on social media and different platforms, but it's away for the summer, so training wasn't of number one priority as it always is, and I wasn't going to take the competition invite, and then mm. thankfully did uh, at the recommendations of Adam and, and Andrew, and ended up having a great time, and ended up uh, just shy of my best total, which... Mm. You know, my best total was the accumulation of months and months and months of training and very committed training where I wasn't doing much else. And then to come off the back of America, which was not very com committed training. Uh, and I what? I think I had like the guts of eight weeks when I came home. 
to mm-hmm. Ireland and I managed to put up pretty much the exact same thing. I, I benched a PB and squatted and deadlifted five under my PBs and uh, yeah, it was quite a surprise, quite a pleasant surprise. Um, that was great. Really, really good. That's immensely... That was for sure just all the steroids in the US food though, to be fair. <laughs> or the ones you send me to use. Or, the, or those ones. I like that. No, I was just going to say, I'm sure that's, that's super reassuring. Well, it sounds like you, you went into it kind of like, ah, look, we're doing this for the experience. Like, if we get PRs, we do. If if not, sure, look, it is what it is. Um, never mind that attitude maybe being conducive to better performance, but coming in and actually performing really, really well, taking a super chill prep is probably such a huge weight off your shoulders. Like, Jesus, thank God. I actually, oh, I don't need to be perfect to perform really, really well. I'd say that's super, super nice feeling, especially at your level. Like, it's, it's one thing me fucking saying it, but... But you, who has had like, especially for how old you are, you have a you've had a long, very very productive powerlifting career, which is something I want to kind of touch on later on. But, but to to have really great days out, with a very chill prep, and also a really great day out doesn't mean pures across the board, right? Because I feel yeah. like in the past, if you had total less than you had in a previous meet, you would have been like, well, that was a shite day. It seems like your attitude has kind of changed on that. Definitely, yeah. Um, it was definitely a relief, and it was a, it was like an update to my mindset approaching competitions and, and training mm-hmm. in general. Uh, it was far in advance too. It wasn't just on the day. It was this. It was this. As soon as I took the the invite, I had to be in this updated frame of mind where I was okay with whatever outcome, and I was doing it just. I was doing it both for the enjoyment of the process, and the enjoyment of the experience when I go. That didn't have to be tied to numbers or any particular outcome. Mm-hmm. And I think I've had that now in all of my training. Even when I care, even when like going into junior nationals now, I do care about the outcome. It's not to say that. Totally. But I love the process. I'm going to love, I have loved the training so far. I'm going to continue to love the training up to it. And I can't wait to compete on the day, regardless of where I place or what I total, you know? Absolutely. I actually think that this, this, that whatever it was, two or three months of prep into um, junior Euros was probably the most important training cycle you've ever done um, mm. from from a kind of development point of view. Um, because it, that's not to say like as chill as it was and, and as kind of, um, as kind of, you know, you, you had kind of flicked that switch. There was still the days where you were freaking out. You know, there was still those like sessions where it was like, ah, fuck this. I, you know, I don't want to do this. This is going to be shit. I'm not going to total what I've told before. And and that had been a a very prominent theme of kind of rocky training headed into competitions in the past, you know, and, and, and it would often, it, it has often is maybe unfair, just not correct, but it, it had ended up in kind of, um, a situation where outcomes were affected because we'd almost like no see about ourselves, you know, eight weeks in advance, you know, whereas this was the complete opposite of that. You know, we were able to just like continuously when we had those those moments, which are natural because you're a human and you're just having a normal emotional reaction to a particular situation. We were able to take a step back, take a breath, course correct if necessary and move forward. And I think that for you, I've, I've seen it already since then, like we've we've already in the whatever it's been a couple of months since that had some of the most productive training 
we've ever had. And that's again, not to say that there hasn't been the the downs. There hasn't been, there has been shitty sessions, you know, there has been those, those down moments, but we're just so well equipped at the exact right time, you know, headed into our last year as a junior. It's like, it feels like this is what it was all for. You know, it's like, this is when it should come together. That last year as your junior, as you've developed as from one of the, the, the kind of, brightest sub juniors into into you know another a really strong and well-known junior you know it feels like um we've kind of completed it you know and we're, we're headed into the open now we're not really we still have another year but we're headed into the open with your with like a complete package you know yeah yeah ready to be at the bottom of the the barrel again <laughs> i you you mentioned the the very normal emotional response and i like that because as much as we can develop our our understanding of training and understanding of what matters and what doesn't matter and what we need to fuss about and what we don't need to fuss about, when you are emotionally involved, both, and as I'm sure you you're, you are probably so emotionally involved, Adam, I'd love to see when you, when your emotions skew your perception of my lifting. Like I bet on comp day, if we came out of like a, a, I don't know, a decision on like a third poll that you weren't happy with. I'm sure that would affect your mindset as well. But for me, uh, it's important to say that I w- I'm, I'm confident in handling all of my athletes and their difficult situations uh, or in the situations that I don't think they need to fuss about. And then mm-hmm. on paper, in advance, I can say, okay, well, you know, it doesn't matter what I hit on this week or this week and it doesn't matter. But when you are there, it is very difficult to remove yourself from the reaction. Uh, and I think... It doesn't matter. I used to think, oh, well, fuck, I've, you know, have I made that much progress mentally when I'm still having these reactions? But no, I have. Uh, it's good. It's like the reaction lasts all of an hour and it's more out of just immediate frustration. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking, oh, you know, now I have to go home and I'm not delighted about the set I did. But that's all. It's not yeah. like this, this long term impact that I once feared it had. Now, having done that competition, it's like, like Connor said, Maybe if you don't have the most perfect training cycle, it doesn't really matter. And of course, it depends on the on the the outcome that you desire and that you you set up as your determinant of happiness. I would say, and making sure your expectations aren't too high or out of line with reality. But yeah, I, I lose myself in these in these trains of thought. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was just nice to see that. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have everything in line in order to be strong. Uh, it comes up a lot with my clients where they're wondering how to go about time off training. Uh, I used to fear a lot multiple days off or like a week off of training. But oftentimes when you've had a week off, the training following a week off is actually the, the best training you've had in a long time. And it's funny, right? Because you, you've been on the receiving end of this as, as you know, I coach you. So I, I like I know that sometimes my kind of calmness surrounding stuff like that can almost seem like apathy do you know it can almost seem like i just don't care but it's like no it's just it's gonna be fine do you know if someone comes to me and it's like what am i gonna do i have to take i'm on holiday for the week it's like enjoy your holiday simply <laughs> like, we'll be back it's fine and if you can do something do a little bit that's all you know i i um i'm actually in a in a really good situation myself uh, at the moment to kind of highlight that um so like I've been, I had been sick for ages and ages and ages. I'm really feeling really healthy now, which is great. Um, well-timed as well for me to fuck it all up again over Christmas. But, um, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, so training naturally had taken a hit, which sucked because I, I was off the back of a competition I was really happy with and feeling a ton of momentum and everything was in line, feeling really good. And then just bang, you know, I got hit. And so rather than completely throwing the towel, I just did a little bit, you know, I did what I could do. Uh, I continued some, some, some volume, some frequency, some exposure to the squat, the bench press and the deadlift. You know, on paper, you look at it and think like, well, this is shit. Like you might as well not be doing anything like you're, you know, you're, you're doing close to nothing here. And two months on, I'm back at probably my best. Like this week, I, I had pretty, pretty light, relatively easy singles. And I, and I think I like, you know, matched or exceeded my best total at that particular RPE, you know, just from that kind of calmness that like, okay, let's just keep moving forward. We'll do what we can. Forget about what we can't. It's going to be fine. And now I feel like I'm set up to have, again, a super, super productive push forward in training. So, yeah. It's like, it's like fatigue and the fatigue we're carrying throughout training has way more of an impact than a lot of things, I feel, where yes. the, the ability to express strength is very largely determined by how how fatigued we are and how much fatigue we're carrying if that's even how to describe that because yeah. it's like after time off what yes of course on paper you're becoming detrained but even more so you're dropping a lot of the fatigue that you're building up acutely in your training and then mm. as long as you and you are one of the best people for this are not in your head about the effect or any potential negative effect or detraining uh, phenomena that you would have had from a time off or time away or, or less training as long as you're not thinking about that, you're able to express really good levels of strength. It's yeah. cool. I think it's a lot easier to maintain preparedness than people think. And I think preparedness and fatigue Absolutely. are kind of two sides of the same coin almost. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's the, I think it's, it's a situation where the perceived impact often has a much higher impact on the, on the outcome than, you know, like your like quote unquote, actual fatigue like if if your time off or your your illness or whatever i think your your perception of the potential impact that has is almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy like if you're pessimistic about it yeah next time you come into the gym i can guarantee you you're gonna have a poor session or you're gonna fall below expectations but if you're optimistic or if you're just a bit even stoic about it that you're like this is what it is and i'm gonna make the most out of what i have Um, Mm and i've even felt it, it it recently even just with busier weeks in work or being out on site and something like that in the past it would have felt battered and been like well it's this is going to be a shit session and you, you know yourselves the two years when you go into that attitude yeah you're, you're gonna have a shit session but if you come in like it is what it is i'm here to do what i can and um, it's it's such a refreshing outcome and it, it it's it seems like this is this is tied into the like kind of macro growth cycle that you had Andrew and it is as only as as Adam was describing it like even from the start of your powerlifting career to now it seems like the fucking hero arc it's like yeah you you had your your meteoric rise you were on the scene this is wonder boy you had a few tough times and went through your bit of a struggle and came out the end where you're like look man it is what it is I'm still going to show up and do the best I can and it's it's maybe I'm being silly about it when I say it, it seems to have coincided perfectly with your growth into like a fully formed adult i don't know if i'm it it just seems to have lined up super super well and it seems like such a healthy development and it makes me so happy to see that's adorable thank you <laughs> uh i think you're right though that it just timed nicely with my experience in powerlifting being so early on in my life that 
mm. that like that hero arc or that typical story uh, is the development of of the character from adolescent to to adult. Uh, so I, I'm not saying here for anyone listening, like I'm in, I'm no hero by any means, but just <laughs> the the story Connor's referring to of that development from like immature. I'm going to interrupt you quickly and just yeah. say that like that's. everyone's on that arc everyone's on that story you know what i mean it's relative yeah yeah and it is just that development from from lesser less capable more vulnerable uh more more sensitive to the things that don't matter into this person who's ready to take on life and is more equipped to take on life and and that Mm. that i was going to say that's fortunately coincided with my with my age but maybe without powerlifting that development would have looked very different for me so yeah i'm very grateful even if you were to maybe i'm really taking this a step out of line but if you were to kind of put adam's position i know unlike me to take things out of line um, (laughs) taking adam's position as a coach like if you compare to almost like the role of a a parent if adam if you had been very strong-handed and very harsh and very controlling and and trying to insulate andrew maybe from some of the mistakes that athletes to make and the reactionary way that we can go about things i'd say if you were very strong-handed it could have had a totally different impact but i know i know obviously from working beside the two years for years a lot the stance you kind of took was like look man he's his own person he's big and bold enough to to know what the right move is here i'm gonna let him be him and if he wants to make these mistakes i'll be there with him but i'm not gonna try and take the take the reins from them do you know what i mean and i'd say that is only aided in this development you know what i mean so maybe it's kind of i'm gonna try try and take it on myself although i feel like we've we've kind of been in a similar position to this like i'm never gonna try and coerce or control the lifter and if they want to if they really want to do something they have their heart set on doing something that i feel is is inappropriate look it'll be a great learning experience for them i'll let let them have it you know it's kind of it's interesting i'd say you could you could draw a lot of parallels here just for for fun and i can see very very much andrew why you would get lost in these kind of train of thoughts especially given your your studies what you're what you're doing in college i'd say you probably sit in the library when you have assignments to think about how your course content relates to training i know i'm doing a course in sustainability and business development at the moment and when I'm trying to do my assignments, I'm thinking about how sustainability can be pulled back to an individual level. And from a training point of view, I've written my assignments on it, actually. So it's do you find yourself sitting in the library kind of mulling over how your course content kind of relates to training and coaching people? Jesus. Yeah. and But I think it's how generalizable my, my degree is because it's just psychology. So you could, no matter what someone's into in their life, they're always going to be able to apply what we're learning in some capacity. Maybe not hyper-specific things about like law and neuroscience and, you know, legal insanity, please, sure. and whatnot. But <laughs> in general, yeah, like, Jesus, you're, you're touching on something there, the impact the coach has in the development of a young athlete. That's, that's a huge topic that's never actually spoken about. And sure, Adam and I speak about it in our context, but we coach young people as well. There's, yeah. Every coach has sub junior athletes or junior athletes. That's a huge topic that is not spoken about at all. And yeah, obviously we recognize and we might publicly recognize and acknowledge the the responsibility a coach has to nurture a nice relationship with their with their clients and you know just be a good person. But yeah, Jesus, the the long term psychological impact 
uh, such an important figure in someone's life has is, is mm. significant. We see it all the time. You know, you, you do see it like you see lifters who had not so positive experiences working with particular a particular individual. Um, you know, we see the long term effect of that. You know, at least I have in, in clients that have come my way totally. after 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 a particularly negative experience. It's it is a ridiculous responsibility. And you're right. It's not talked about like it's I feel like this should be like a topic on on a podcast of like, you know, a panel of experts because it's it's such an important thing, I think, for coaches to be aware of. Um, and I think if I, you know, if I've done a good job of it, it's, you know, almost by pure accident. You know, it's like <laughs> it's not like I was um, I was I was trying or like it was, it was a, even a thought process. I think like, you know, it's like first do no harm. Right. That's that's kind of that's kind of the first um consideration across the, the the coaching process right but um yeah no that's a big one i'd say when you i, I think you should give yourself a little bit more credit i know you won't and that's probably a, an admirable trait that you can knit into this but maybe i know one of the, the things you had said that was like a guiding light in terms of coaching principles that's particularly relevant here is just be sound do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of scary though that like because a, a coach and and I'm sure I I can speak on Andrew's behalf as well that you, the role that you've kind of played from an authority figure from a developmental point of view like when you're taking on sub junior athletes in particular who are very very young and they might look at you as especially you Andrew because you have a lot of sub junior athletes and I know none of my athletes are looking at me thinking oh yeah that's where I want to be but I, I imagine that's the case with you it's it's you're an authority figure to them on so many levels and they might look at you and even in your personal life being like well if this is what andrew's doing this is what i should be doing so the the burden responsibility there is is absolutely enormous and this might be incredibly tangential even for me andrew i i forget the term for like a holistic group of healthcare professionals that operate for an individual i know there's i i did a module in in college during covid it's well, it it has a, a specific term. It's basically basically like that, but if effectively you might like have a GP and a pharmacist and in, a physiotherapist. In, in, yeah, I, that might be the, the term. I, I can't quite remember, but I wonder about the utility of that for, let's say, working with sub-junior athletes. Like I know I'm working with a guy at the moment and especially things relating to pain and injury but i i had only interjected on some points because he'd said some super alarming things like had had his family has a, a chiropractor friend that they go visit and he was saying oh yeah i need to go and get adjustments because of xyz and i was like hold on what excuse me and because i i you know i'm not really in a position to making to be making claims like this but in my opinion neither is the fucking chiropractor i said here look if you're mother wants to reach out and have a call with me if she has any concerns fucking absolutely it's worth the time and energy invested there because i want obviously not saying it to him but you're a young lad you're a grown lad so like i, I want to make sure that we're on the same page here i don't want conflicting messages or interests kind of be thrown across the board so as valuable as an interdisciplinary team from a medicinal point of view healthcare point of view i wonder about the potential for an interdisciplinary team for coaching youth athletes to make sure that they're getting a very even good proper coaching service i suppose like i was you working know, with yeah no you go ahead 
I'm going to jump in and say, like, that's actually just straight up the long-term goal here, right? Um, yeah. Under Odyssey Strength, like, my goal long-term is to foster and develop that that interdisciplinary team from the inside out. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, we're going to have, you know, we're going to have coaches that are adept in psychology, ideally, you know, adept in other things than physiotherapy, nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not that we're going to, offer you know we're not starting the like odyssey nutrition page tomorrow or anything like that and start offering it as a separate service but i do think it's important that you know we we have outlets for or outreaches for for all of the above you know mm. um kind of like barba medicine you know how like they'll often refer their lifters from coach to their pain pain and injury or pain and rehab team you know mm. that's cool it's it that's is cool. very very cool you're going to be the resident the resident psychologist andrew I yeah, Adam, you know, Adam could do just as good a job right now, like, <laughs> no. he's, good at, he's good at dealing with, uh, you know, attitudes and behaviours, but, yeah, that's a, it's a big topic of, of conversation you're touching on there, like, mm. um, there, we oh, do man. have a big, we do have a big responsibility, and I, I think, yeah, it's like, you're, you're treading a line of ensuring that what you're representing to them is what you want to be, uh, you know, I think it comes back around to the that whole phenomenon where, like, you know, at the start, it's simple. As you get into it, it becomes hyper complex. And as you come around, as the wheel turns, you return back to the simplistic. And I think it's mm. kind, of, kind of what's going on here. Like, because we're aware of how monumental the task is, we're, you know, we're diving off into these, like, hyper specific and hyper complex kind of situations, whereas in reality, if you just do the very simple things correct as a coach, which is like, yeah, firstly, do no harm. And then from there, like set boundaries, deliver on time, um, communicate or seek to communicate effectively. <laughs> you know, everything's going to be fine from there. You know, it's for the sake of because this is something we talk about an awful lot. You're talking about going from the steps of ignorant simplicity to functional complexity and then progressing on to profound simplicity it's yeah it's so you could t say at the start if somebody was if let's say if we were much younger taking on much younger athletes and we didn't know as much as we do now we'd just be like oh well just be sound you know what i mean and then as we get a little bit more experience it's like oh well i gotta make sure that i'm not overstepping on this i gotta make sure that they're not developing any disordered eating behaviors i'm gonna make sure we're looking out for negative self-talk and their, their psychology want to make sure that stress management is okay that their social romantic relations are being fostered they're not taking too much time from training and then as we're at a point now where i feel like we're saying yeah just just be sound mm -hmm. and it, because <laughs> it covers the basics like you say sometimes like you're dealing with a person at the end of the day and sometimes that mm. person can't be told they have to kind of learn for themselves right so you can give yeah. all the best advice possible and sometimes they'll still need to kind of run into that brick wall to to learn to take a right you know <laughs> absolutely very good jesus cool yeah, um so let's pull it back to andrew so like we say super productive um last kind of six months or so um what is what's going on the next year your last junior year what's the what's the plan all going well okay so we have junior nationals in april and hopefully do significantly well at that enough that i can go to worlds in august and euros in october that's the poa that's the plan of action uh do you know if there's being if there's like 
reconfigurations being made to the standards? Is that a thing? Um, there probably is, but you're that's not gonna be a problem for you. Yeah, it was just it was just a, a consideration because I was training with Dustin. Dustin is nominated second, and I'm nominated first. Uh, his training is going phenomenally, and we were saying, you know let's say we don't know who wins because we joke around and I'll say like you know I will win and he said yeah yeah it'll be nice when you when you come second and whatnot but we don't know who will win but if we both surpass the standard by a significant amount mm-hmm. uh, we shouldn't have to be overly concerned um, you know so I'm looking forward to that well, you're talking about like both of you being invited potentially mm. yeah yeah just I think there's room for that I like it's a new thing but I know that like dots dots scores were taken into account for second round of invites. You know, it was kind of like a, a best of the rest style uh, invite system for second round stuff. So yeah, like if if Dustin, if 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 or you or whoever, if if one of you, if you both come in and perform well, and one of you chips the other by you know body weight or whatever, um, but they're you know that's they're two like five hundred plus dots performances, for example. Then yeah, there's a strong likelihood you're both gonna get that invite. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is, no, we won't be because we're going to have the worst dots of the competition because we're both two hippos. But tough yeah. weight class, yeah, tough <laughs> yeah, weight class. Tough weight class to be considering dots in, for fuck's sake. Good yeah. PB total, national record, 400 dots, like for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, 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 you're going to be like 50 dots below Cal or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You'll, you'll match Adam Duan's dots, though, at least. Well, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a joke for you guys, I don't know. I don't know what his dots is. Uh, and it's not to it's not to go without mentioning Dennis Semenov as well. I haven't seen anything of his training or spoke to him, but he's nominated third, so he's and in there. Pull anything, you know, put it on the bar, that what? dude will have a good crack at it, like. Okay, yeah, fair. Do you look uh, at him with pure envy, Andrew, as he seems like a lean, mean, jacked, tall, one oh five, and I'm not I'm not gonna rush to agree with you and call you a hippo, but like Do you say look at him with pure envy? Yeah. Yeah, the, the 15 kilos less than the total is not something that I'm looking at with envy. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, he's, a, he's a good looking lad. He's lean as fuck. <laughs> I totally didn't, didn't bring that up, but fair enough. Class. So how are we feeling about it? Like, that's a huge year, right? And, and like I say, we've been... So we're coming up on, I think, seven years of working together now. And... Yeah. I remember very early on, like outlining the plan for the sub junior career, and like there was there was talk of the long distant future of your junior career, right? Um, yeah. How does it feel now to kind of have come through all of that? Had it pretty much the sub junior career went exactly according to the plan, bar literally winning world championships, um, and now here we are. How, how does it feel, and what's it like looking ahead at the at the next junior year and beyond? Just so fun, just so fun. And now that I've come here, it's like I'm relieved of all the the arbitrary pressures that I would have had or fears that I would have had about where I was exactly numerically and placings-wise by the time I, I got here. I was very concerned with, you know, what if I'm not as strong as I think I could be and then I'm disappointed in, in that year? But no, i got to add, here's, here's my, my big, not motto, but my, my explanation for the next year is I'm going to try my very best. You know, I'm doubling down and I'm going to try my very best for the next year. And if I end up with two and a half kilos up on my total, but I tried my very, very best, then what a year. What a year of trying your very best at something with your whole heart. That is kind of what, 
that's that's what excites me about life being able to double down on something enjoy it love it and give it your all that's great so i get mm-hmm. to do that with something i love for a whole year um so that's how i'm feeling that's how i'm feeling i'm, I'm looking forward to doing my very best I would foresee that I'm not just going to put two and a half kilos on my total. And I'm optimistic. And I think with kilos to gain, it's going to be a lot more than two and a half kilos on my total. But that doesn't matter. Uh, but it's nice. It's nice knowing that either way, I've done my very, very best. Love it. Damn. That's super awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah I can't. <laughs> nothing to add lighten, there. Lighten yeah. me up. It's a locker room <laughs> speech from Andrew Rowe before <laughs> heading into my like pivot accessory day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this is a silly question but just it might might it might um uh i don't know it might set set the tone for a couple of next couple of minutes how many competitions would you be most comfortable doing like you have three big ones coming up this year i'm just curious off the top of your head so i'd say three and here's what my my own bias towards my personal response to training and competitions goes right when i when I exert to like a, you know, a very high intensity, like we're talking RP10, we're talking, I hit 240 for seven on squat during the week. I couldn't walk it in. There's like, I didn't post this, but there I have the clip of me going, okay, walk me in. And the lads are like, what did he say? One more. And I'm like, walk me in. And they're like, okay, <laughs> like, no, please let's no. go, let's go. And I'm like, please walk me in. <laughs> because I couldn't move, right? That, that kind of level of exertion where I can't move my legs uh, or what I typically associate with a competition where I'm lifting considerably more than I would be on a regular training week. Uh, I associate with psychological drops in motivation and my, my perception of how well training is going. And then uh, physically, like my legs were absolutely tanked and my low back were absolutely tanked after that one set of squats. Right. So the more competitions I engage with, the more I'd fear experiencing that phenomenon. Now, there's ways around that, obviously, like an RP6 day. But then at that stage, what am I doing it for? Um, so, yeah, I think three competitions for this year is enough. And I think, in general, three competitions is probably where I'd put my threshold at, unless I chose one to do at a sub-maximal approach. Mm. You know what I mean? Because let's say if I did... I, why are you asking, actually? Are you suggesting there's other competitions around that I could do? No, not at all. I suppose... I'm curious about your, your let's say broad spectrum plan of going into, I and I thought you were going to be a, an an open lifter straight away. Andrew, how old are you again? Uh, Twenty two. Okay, fair enough. Damn, I feel worse about myself now because I was it just to take it back quickly to the, this hero arc that you were talking about because you were talking about oh it's this has coincided with your development into an adult and anyone can have this this at any time and I was thinking damn I feel like I just went through that and I'm 26 so it's but that's <laughs> it, it's still it's still as I I still feel it as rewarding with a couple of hundred kilos less on the total it doesn't matter and that I suppose that's an integral part of it like you your arc is not specific to your dots or to your total it's not like oh well i have to total a couple hundred kilos more to to qualify for this this growth as a person it's like you're enough already bro that's okay and it's kind of i suppose on that it's it's the same with you saying even if i'm not where i need to be right now or where i thought i would be total wise that's okay man that's i'm i'm enough but anyway i was asking how many competitions you want to do just to get a sense for look are you going to I think we see this this kind of often when people cross a threshold like sub junior or junior or into a new weight class, they're like, no, I'm going to take a big off season now. I'm going to take a lot of time off and I'm going to just going to build and be 110% next time around. Yeah, that's not the case. I feel like that's that's antithetical to 
the growth that we just talked about? I think it's just a downswing in motivation after a probably very busy period of competing, which people often do. They which often put off a little bit more than they can chew. Yeah, it's fair now, but it, it, I feel like if people are being either internally or externally disingenuous about the the motivation behind a big drop like that, um, I think it can be... I think it can be to a to a detriment for sure. But I'm just curious mm-hmm. if you had anything like that in mind or or if another common thing I suppose we see is that people might say, oh, I might throw my hand at jiu-jitsu or I might throw my hand at, at a kind of in, an endurance sport. You, you've had no wavering of motivation like that? I have to literally fight to get Andrew to do anything that is not involved in the gym. So no, I'd say we're like, safe. Bro, take a walk. Your like, steps are in the hundreds today. <laughs> Please. Uh, me and him, me and him were like <laughs> fighting like kids for a week to try and get him to come bouldering with us there a few weeks ago. And he came oh, and he loved yes, it. And he was yes, good yes. at it. Yeah. Th- it very it's, fun. You were savage at it, to be fair. I knew Cal would be good at it because uh, he's like a spider, but you little uh, T-Rex arms. Um, yeah i don't know like cal cal is like a peter parker kind of figure i don't know i'm more like i have like a suit of armor on but it's you were yeah. like oh i can't reach this step so i'm just gonna skip it and i was like bro <laughs> yeah. what? i think uh just to before we switch topics so i think two comps a year is probably where we're com- most comfortable at right andrew like three probably is a little bit much and the only reason we're doing three this year is because of the year that's in it and like junior euros is kind of more like uh all right we're here let's empty the tank you know let's fucking like we're definitely gonna be going out on the shield at that mate like you know yeah yeah one thousand percent uh yeah before wait before we move on connor asked about other sports i actually find it uh enjoyable to see other people dabbling in other activities uh but it's something i just I think Andrew and I were talking about this recently. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but we just, I just couldn't imagine doing anything else. I, I, I'm so all in in powerlifting and my, my, my progress and my training that I actually, it would ha- I'd have to remove myself from powerlifting to do something else. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but no, I don't see myself doing mm-hmm. anything else. Um, in the foreseeable. I, I get that. I suppose, and I don't want to just lead this down this other trade of conversation but like if something were to happen that means you can't do powerlifting for a bit does that cross your mind or does that concern you about like a spiraling of of like your loss of your identity or anything like that does that ever concern you definitely used to or it didn't concern me it used to happen and it concerned adam and then as i as i grew i, I learned to understand and learn to understand the concept of the self and what we tie ourselves to and our identity on a much broader scale than powerlifting, you know, your relationships, mm. what you do with your life. Um, but I think I'm happy with where I've come to in my life. Not that I'm invulnerable to those kinds of feelings of, oh, fuck, you know, what am I going to do now? Or if I couldn't powerlift or if I was injured for a sustained period of time, whatever your whatever the situation is, of course, I'm going to be disappointed, but I don't think... I'm as at risk of hating myself or being disappointed in myself if I couldn't powerlift. It would be more frustration of, I love doing this thing. I wish I could do it, you know? I think the, I think like you have no time outside of your current set of activities, right? So that's, that's another part of this. It's not that you're like, no, I'm like 100% all in fully committed to powerlifting to the detriment of every other experience in my life. It's like, no, oh, yeah. 
you're just like a high achiever in pretty much everything that you do. So, you know, your what you do right now, which is your your uh, coaching, your lifting, your college work and the relationships that you develop and maintain, that takes up all of your time, right? Like you have next to no free time outside of those things. So it's like it's difficult to even conceptualize adding something to that already pretty mm. chaotic series of things. You would have to take from from something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, that's I'm I'm actually really really happy to hear that. I uh, it's not that I was suggesting a false dichotomy that oh you're either all in or you know you have to dabble with a million other things to kind of keep you afloat. So it's it, it's reassuring to hear that. And I'm only asking for your benefit or for the benefit of others who might find themselves in a similar position. So that was kind of like the best answer that you could possibly give. Like you can still be all in in this thing you love, but at at the heart of it, I suppose you're acknowledging that you're Andrew the human as opposed to Andrew the powerlifter. And if Andrew the human can't powerlift for a while despite his his buy-in and his passion for it, Andrew's going to be okay. He may be pissed off for a little bit, but he's going to be all right. So no, that's that's super nice to hear and I'm, I'm really, really glad to hear that. Thank you. There we go. There we go. So, like, there's very little else I have to ask you and I'm, I'm trying to think, like, what would people be interested to hear about, like, the upcoming year? Um, Like, it's all pretty... We have our plans set out, you know, we know what the next year is going to look like. And it's just a case of of kind of following along those steps, as you've just described, uh, and the results will be what they will be. Um, beyond that, then it's out into the, the open. Have you thought we haven't talked at all about this, which is which is unusual. Have you thought at all about what that's going to be like, what that kind of move out into kind of almost completely uncharted waters is, is going to be like? Yes. Again, strangely or coincidentally, coincides with my academic life and that my undergrad finishes next year. So as I go into the open, I will also be going into the world of, of well, I'll probably still be involved in academics in some capacity. But, yeah. you know, I'll be on the latter half of a master's or I'll, you know, and which is what? So the open is, is what, 17 years of lifting. Um so I'll be out of academics within the first couple of years and, and it's hard to imagine beyond college because that's a whole chapter of my life closing as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, the, it's like, it's almost like a whole book. It's like episode two is closing in the, in the whole way. I'm not just turning a page. So I actually don't know what the open looks like. Not that once I leave college, I'm going to start, you know, triathlons instead, as, as, I'm, as I'm suggesting here. I'm not moving away. It's more just, it's hard to imagine how my training is going to look when I don't know how my life's going to look because for me the two are very much so connected that mm. a lot goes into making training um serious very serious for me I always I always prioritize it but when I'm thinking like oh high level open competitor I'm thinking similar setup to what I have now where I, I know how my sleep schedule is going to go my eating schedule is going to go relatively consistently and my training schedule so as long as that's down and once that becomes down in my open life then i will i will double down but the open 105s is is ben tape and and he what just about came second uh well i think this is interesting because right now you're comparing yourself to the international set of lifters which makes sense right because you are you're competing at that level but next year when you're in the open it's kind of futile to even do that. Do you know, it's futile to look at Ben Pape and be like, 
you know, I'm not there. So, you know, it's like, no, next year, I think we start, we kind of frame it to the national side of things again, you know? Definitely. So that's, that, I, that's why I was starting with MPEG. I was uh, going to work top down. I was going to yeah. say, because that's what we're looking at internationally. It's so, it's so far away numerically that it, I can't make any comparison. I don't know when I'm going to land there numbers wise. So I'd be, I'd be then dealing with a different level of competitors altogether. And in Ireland, that's the, that's the, the one five boys. How long, how long do you think it takes you to make a dent there? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's a can of worms. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to answer that this time next year. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. My my that. question is probably not gonna. I'll probably get a similar answer. If if it is just the same, let me know. But I was gonna say who, because it's easy to say right. Whoever's at the top, whoever's won nationals, is on the the hit list. But is there anyone in particular? Like I know you're talking about Dustin, and and you know consistently beating him confidently. Um, is there anyone in particular you're like I'd love to like knock them down a place in the rankings or I'd love to beat them or for some reason their performance at a certain point of time was particularly outstanding to you. Is there anyone on that list? Don't worry. We won't, we won't publish this. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is just between the three of us. This, this is okay. <laughs> I'll start with the, with the, with the closest to home. And I'll say that it almost feels right that one day, one day, I'll, I'll take Ken's spot because I think he's actually said that to me. He, you know, he said, so if someone's going to take it, it better be you. It better be you. Um, and I very much enjoy our, our competition relationship that we have because we're not competitive with one another. I'm so far from Ken, uh, but we're both in the same class and both under the same coach. And um, he says that maybe he doesn't mean it, but I think he, he would like to see me at a similar level. So I'd love... I think it'll, it'll be a very weird moment if I if I come to a point where I'm on the podium above Ken. Otherwise, yeah. though, like, man, Dami does hit, like, what, 8? Eight... 8.47, right? I think he beat, uh, he, I know he beat Barry Pickett's long-standing 105 total record. Yeah. So, obviously, that's that's the biggest hitter right now in the 105s. Um as in the biggest documented total in the 105 so you know <laughs> anyone else Dami. but then wait hold on but then at that stage is what we're kind of saying is like we don't know when we're going to land at those kind of numbers so mm. i'm actually not sure i'd love to, to catch up with dami is he is he still studying in ireland because he yeah. is yeah for for the foreseeable uh, i think so okay this probably sounds hilarious because, you know, for anyone who isn't too in tune with the numbers, we're talking, like, Dami just told 847. My current PB is 737. So we're saying this in jest with fun. Uh, but, yeah, obviously we'd love to we'd love to outbench totally. Melvin, you know, but that's, that's a, <laughs> a story for itself. And, and, and no other names on the, on the, the hit list for you, no? You're saying that like you got someone in mind. Who do you want to see me beat? I was just wondering, bro. Who do you want to see me beat? I mean, I'd love to see you win win Worlds next year. Oh, Antonio Perez Barras. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the, you're talking... Like, this is kind of surprising me. You're talking just at the 105s. Are you... 
are you even considering floating back to 93s like coding oh. going back i'm just asking the question yes yeah, so no i thought you were gonna ask him was he going 120s i was like man <laughs> chill <laughs> no, i don't know already come on <laughs> i want lean yeah. sexy andrew <laughs> nah the 93 days i really dislike how it feels to lift a lighter body weight whenever it doesn't even matter what the body weight is it's when i've lifted heavier i really don't enjoy the lighter experience thereafter um because i've gone through waves of body weight gain and loss um and i really admire people who cut into competitions it's fucking crazy i actually hate how it feels after losing some weight um or andrew and i were talking about this on the most recent two andrews one barbell on youtube and spotify uh right (laughs) we're talking about this uh i don't understand how people not only squat tons of weight but feel good squatting tons of weight when they have a little waist when they have a little waist and it's not pressing up against their thighs in the hole man Mm. the only reason i know i'm in the hole in the first place is because my belly rolls are on my quad that's the only that's that's the that's the reference i'm looking for like okay you're there up you get like and my belly kind of pushes into my legs i don't know like i watch some people including antonio and it's like his stance is so wide and he's so upright his waist doesn't even touch his quads i was gonna say like cal cal looks like like he looks like that like you know that like stick model that you see for for like squat (laughs) leverages (laughs) he actually looks like a stick man there's no there's nothing touching whereas when you look at me you have to actually just get your hands or just or play-doh and it's just like you know oh god oh man so yeah no i'm 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 destined to be a big boy. I don't think I love the idea of being a lean. lean you're also just too fucking strong at 105. Like you're the numbers that we've been hitting and and the numbers we're kind of trending towards. Like we never have seen this level of mm, how to how to frame it. Like we've n- we've not quite seen this trajectory. The potential, you know, yeah. Yeah, like at 93, it wasn't it wasn't wasn't looking like this. You know, um, whereas at, at 105, it looks like we're in the right place i didn't send it to you the last amrap i've done with 240 i was in the 93s and i got two <laughs> yeah yeah i mean come on well what time point was that like are we conflating literally no, like, time spent training versus body i know you can't and i know it's obviously gonna have an impact but like what what point in time was that andrew the 240 double yeah no that's that is a relevant point so the 240 double was pre western euros as a 93 so like okay, eighteen, like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen months ago, like not a long time, not enough time for it to invalidate the kind of discrepancy between a two forty double. And yeah, a no, I, 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 I wasn't gonna say or I wasn't gonna suggest that it would invalidate it, but that's a significant period of time. Do you know what I mean? But I suppose you it can is. also okay. take Chicago into I, account. I was gonna say if you take Chicago then, and mm-hmm. the numbers I was hitting in Chicago, uh, not only like a. 221 rep max or something <laughs> yeah we did and uh, i think for seven i hit 195 yeah, yeah. so ah, look okay mm. and you were lighter you were lighter in this kind of surprised me as well because you'd gone to america and, and i was like well andrew's gonna come back at 120 but you had gotten fairly lean like you were you were your body weight was low in america isn't that right yeah my i did i obviously wasn't weighing in and then when i took the invite i signed up to a powerlifting gym who had a scales so i weighed in and i was like 91 and this is after breakfast and mm. i went at 98 and i'm now 101 damn mm. that's actually a crazy gain isn't it 91 in in july 
does the rate of gain concern you or how are you managing your nutrition? I know you mentioned on your two Andrews. Sorry, is it what is the name? <laughs> it's is it two Andrews one barbell or is it just two Andrews? Don't act like you don't know the reference, Connor. <laughs> is it, I is actually it don't. two Andrews one super strong barbell? <laughs> sorry, sorry, barbell. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh god, fair enough. Yeah, it's I know Andrew Blackwood, your your other Andrew. He's the second of the two Andrews. Um, oh. said he's kind of <laughs> looking after your nutrition. My is favorite that, how Andrew. are you managing that? Okay, there's there's like two big questions there. One was the rate of gain and does it concern me? And two, how am I managing my nutrition now? So yeah. the rate of gain in my head looks more like I was ninety eight in April and now I'm hundred and one. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's a significant drop in between, but it's like over the year I haven't actually gone through much of a, a weight gain. Um and also I feel great. That would be the other determine if i if i had any other that's a pretty good metric to track yeah if i had any signs of feeling like shit but how would i even attribute that to the weight gain i suppose maybe like poor cardio health or something but no i'm i'm doing fairly okay in that regard for what i need and uh yeah so i I feel good um nutrition wise honestly this has been weird I, i i was gaining super well and then it became stagnant so i started tracking and I tracked for maybe three weeks and my body weight just continued to go down. So in in spite of my best efforts, I did have other things, maybe suppressing my appetite. You know, I was very busy with college and, and the likes. But now what I've said is just, it's like I almost came to associate the tracking with my losing weight. So I said, mm. fuck it, I'll go back to just eating as much as I can until my weight starts going up again. And then I'll start to track and see what am I eating to get my body weight moving. Yeah, that yeah. sounds that sounds totally reasonable. It's kind of cool because you would be it, it it's super easy to I suppose fall into the the habit of of saying right I need to track and I need to do this and it can put a lot of people off because tracking is fairly intensive, you know, and it, it can be very very stressful. Um, but to approach it in a way where tracking is not a necessity, I think is 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 super liberating for for you maybe or for a lot of other people because it's it's people can get into this real paralysis by analysis and start to get swallowed by the numbers and you can very easily drift into disordered behaviors. So to just be tracking the end metric, like am I gaining weight or not? Cool, I am grand. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, especially if you're quite confident that, let's see, your protein feedings are okay, your meal time. If your diet is fairly consistent, it's kind of what I'm doing at the moment. Um, because especially over the long, slow bulk, I'm kind of taking it at a slower rate again. To you, tracking every day and making sure it's 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 to the T every day is just not worth it for me, or it's just not worth the, the mental energy invested. So the diet is fairly consistent. Is the end metric? improving am i going the way i want to go i am cool absolutely but i think it's me it's a few pints gets me through the <laughs> through the calorie targets i don't know about through you, the morning yeah, yeah through no it's, it's i'd be a wine man in the morning and a pints man in the, in the <laughs> evening <laughs> but no that's kind of cool yeah it's and it's i suppose it's um it's cool for you to say it obviously and i i, I don't mean to be i don't think it's insignificant for me to say that somebody at your level to be to have a lax approach do you know what i mean because i think when 
lads look at you and they say, well he must really have his shit together and it must be optimized and it must be more 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 and better 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 but for you to take a more laxed approach and say here i'm gonna chill and, and enjoy my life and take this as casually as i need to and to make progress is fucking cool man and i'd say it's 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 liberating for a lot of people it's, it's i would say it's liberating for me but i'm certainly not bought in enough to to fucking um i suppose put the foot down to any meaningful degree so yeah that's kind of cool it's a it this seems like a an, a real theme of this discussion or of your i suppose of your training of your nutrition of your life the last couple of last couple of months or the last year or so it's that we're taking it nice and chill and we're doing what we need to do and we're just enjoying the process do you know what i mean do you think that's fair to say i think that's fair to say but i often i think earlier on adam pointed out how the the lack of other activities was also due to time constraints Mm. uh and i often dismiss or don't acknowledge a lot of the work that i do and i think a lot of people do this but um here we're saying you know it's nice to see the more chill approach and it is and it's it's nice to not be uh fussing and that's that's what i'm trying to avoid is like fuss and, and anxiety over things that don't need it but it could go at the risk of discounting the fact that i've spent years setting up my baseline to be very uh conducive to making progress so where like, we're saying oh, i take a very chill approach it's not that i'm <laughs> it's not just chill it's kind of like my level of chill which has been developed over years and years which might look different to other people's which i think comes from the assumption that you and i have in your in your training process that you're going to give everything your all all the time that's where yeah. that that chill comes from that's where that like level of comfort in the discomfort of the uncertainty of the outcomes of the next year that's where that comes from it's like we know you're going to give it your all you know what i mean so we know that like this little row bump doesn't matter that little road bump doesn't matter because ultimately you're going to do your best with absolutely everything that's thrown at you and thus the best outcome will come our way will it be will it be like the dream outcome i don't fucking know maybe right or maybe not but either way it's going to be the best attainable outcome because you're going to do your best and that allows affords us a level of calmness yeah that you couldn't have if that wasn't the case mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a what will be will be and so I'll sit down and let it come to me kind of thing. It's like, what will be, will be because I'm doing my very best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There you Love go. it. Love it. Cool. Um, so what, what else is new for you? I know you have recently started your, your own podcast, Two Andrews, One Barbell. Connor pretended not to get the reference. Uh, how, how's that going? Uh, it's class. It's really, really good. It's really, really good. Um, Andrew is a very good friend of mine. And it's... First and foremost, when people ask me this question, the answer is it gets us together and it gets us yeah. something to do, uh, which is really, really nice. You know, So even if no one was listening, it'd be nice to get together and have our in-person discussions and in front of the camera. And it's funny. Uh, it gives us something to look forward to. gives us something to work at. Uh, Andrew's Instagram has recently blown up. Uh, Andrew has a lot of followers already. He had like 10K. But in the last like two months, gone up like 4k followers on instagram he's putting out some very good quality content to be fair very it was good. the what was the original oh taking the a, taking a step back the Recently. taking a step back one was great but it was the other one where he was deadlifting in his living room in the spanish singlet that was <laughs> fucking hilarious i saw a couple yeah. of people 
copy that as well. I thought that was gas. Or yeah, he's yeah. one that, just, that is surprisingly relatable. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so funny. So funny. Um, but he's doing great. And, and uh, he's been doing really well with clipping the podcast, which I haven't been uh, just with college and whatnot. So I need to get into a group of that now. But the podcast itself is really good. Uh, I would love to hear more from people about it that's it's very rewarding hearing how people think about the podcast uh good or bad so you know i hear from yourself adam or i hear from like my sister and then the odd time but it's the odd time when i do hear from someone that i'm not expecting to hear from that's great it's really yeah. nice yeah 100 mm. it's actually so rewarding mm. because oftentimes it'll feel like i know for us for me anyway it feels like we're just screaming into the ether you know <laughs> whereas the odd time then you'll be reminded that oh no we actually do have you know a few hundred people actually actively listening to this which is fucking weird to be honest <laughs> do you we mentioned it recently on the podcast andrew that the the longer you do it or the more episodes you produce the more content you produce the probability that you're going to misrepresent yourself or say something a little bit fucked up is going to increase if you I kind of alluded to that earlier on with you editing stuff out of the podcast. Is that something you give much thought or are you kind of like, ah, whatever. It is what it is. See, only as I... I haven't actually thought about that because as time has gone on, the more I thought we would better represent ourselves. Like, the more we would come across more genuine because at the very start, we're, we're so aware of what we're doing. Whereas the more we do, we tend to fall into a more conversational, uh, personal setup mm. but it's interesting no I, I haven't thought about that and uh, that we, we could be misrepresented um no and we'll we'll find out yeah it's it's gonna happen like it's not yeah. a it's not an if but a when right and that's it, it it would be extremely problematic if that wasn't the the inevitable future do you know because that that would suggest that you at 22 um are your like final form do you know and that you're not going to evolve and learn more which is which is definitely not a positive thing, <laughs> you know? So I would hope that in in three, four, five years, you guys keep doing the podcast and you look back at episode one, one through five and think like, Jesus Christ. Because I know even our first episodes from two years ago only, um, or no, three nearly, I'm like, ugh, you know, that's rough. <laughs> oh, of course. Else. This, this is... Sorry, you go ahead. I was, I was going to say, this is something that prior to doing it, I remember saying to you, Adam, I was saying, I don't, I fear saying something that in a month's time, I'm thinking, I wish I didn't say that or, or in a year's time thinking that's not the information that I want to be putting out there. Uh, or it's, it's my knowledge has since updated, but now I look forward to that. I, I do look forward to, to seeing the evolution of myself and, and ourselves across the podcast. Love Sorry, I, I thought you were going to come at it from a point of view of, you know, if, if you find yourself doing more and more episodes and talking more and more and more and you find yourself not kind of putting your foot in it every now and then, I, I thought you were going to come at it from a point of view is like, are you then being disingenuous and you're not being real? Because I feel like if, if you are being real and you're just riffing, you're just you're just being your your truest self, whatever, you're going to fuck up every now and then. You're going to say something that you're like, ooh, that's a little bit off color. Yeah. You know, we've done it. Uh, a handful of times Adam and I I think <laughs> I think this is something that 
Adam tells you so you don't worry about the things he said. <laughs> I think this is what I tell myself to sleep at night. <laughs> Love it. No, you're no, right though. You are right. Like 100%. Like if you if everything you say is like I know for a fact that I I wouldn't like to listen to a podcast where everything is so measured that there's never any risk for yeah. you know for you to actually just say something either incorrect or stupid or maybe you know sometimes you know offensive um because yeah like anyone who like and it's if you if you have a normal if you if you go through life just having normal day-to-day conversations like and and every single one of them were recorded without your knowledge like how many times are you going to say something problematic you know how many times would i be arrested (laughs) maybe right (laughs) but for for everyone if that answer isn't a lot you know then i just a i don't believe you or B, I think you need to kind of look to kind of take some more risks or broaden your horizons, right? So Absolutely. I think to tr- to kind of hold people who like hold people to to a different standard is is a little bit kind of unrealistic, you know. Well, I suppose it's well. I think you and I, and I think Andrew will probably have this in the near future if he doesn't have it already. Is you and I, if somebody were to say something, we kind of take it with like a, a we give him a little bit of grace because. Mm we know that we've been kind of misquoted or taken out of context or even we've said something and it's been, okay, I didn't mean that at the time. Like if somebody were to say something in casual conversation or you hear somebody said X, Y, Z, you kind of give them a little bit of grace because they're like, oh, well, I know when you, when you talk a lot, you kind of or, fuck up. Sometimes. Or I would just ask them. I would just get onto them yes, and I'd be absolutely. like, hey, did you mean this thing you said? And I'm, I, I know that there's like a, at least one person I can think of off the top of my head who posted something, a very, very certain uh, a statement um, on a kind of a a sports science uh, adjacent topic. And I just got back to them and I was like, hey, th- I, you know, did you mean this? Here's here's what I think is problematic about this. And I know that this person hates me now for, for asking that, you know, but it was it was completely. Um, <laughs> I thought was, that was going the opposite direction. No, it was going to be a nice, wholesome encounter. No, it's like, it was, guys, it was look, the it opposite. can go well. Oh, shit. No, no I've heard, I've heard, heard about them, you know, talking about me and all that kind of thing. And that's the unfortunate, like, you know, the, we, we've talked about this a lot recently, Connor. How, like, if you ever disagree with anything we say, we want to hear it, you know, mm. get on to us, like, let us know. Uh, and I think we would kind of practice what we preach there ourselves. Like part well. of it is is like I know when you're 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 not calling somebody out. That's already framing it in a poor way. But when you're kind of questioning something, it's not a knock or it's not a dig. You know, it's I it's suppose, discourse. It's, it's discourse. You're trying to reach um, understanding because if I I know you certainly feel the same that if I'm questioning something, let's say Andrew says on the podcast, it's I'm coming into it open to being wrong myself, and we're going to compare our our evidence or our, our rationale or anything like that. But I don't know. I, I also feel that maybe it's just at this day and age that if I'm questioning you on something or if I'm pulling you up on something, I'm I'm going to be okay with upsetting you because I'm not coming at it from a point of view or a way of upsetting you. And if you get upset over it, well, sure. That's your, that's your deal, man. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So that's cool. That's interesting. I'm glad the podcast is going so well, Andrew. And you, I'm so glad you're still pumping out these episodes. I remember it was a, there was a point where I think every episode Adam said, you know, if we just make it to 20, we were doing better than 99% of podcasts. 
Like it's tough, that, man. Yeah. It is actually very, very tough. And I, I give Adam a bit of hassle over it. My flex, my schedule is quite flexible because I work from home most of the time. I give Adam a good bit of hassle over it. But fuck me, it's it's not easy scheduling. Um, I know. The, what was the length of time, Adam, where we didn't post? I don't even know when it was, but it was. It was, it was a few it, months there, I think, in early 2022. Yeah, it, I suppose when the world like opened back up again or something like that. Yeah, probably. But yeah, fuck me, it's it's tough, but it's it's a lot of fun. I I really enjoy doing it, and I, you you, you kind of we alluded to this in on Ian's podcast. It's it is just a chat, and it's 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 a rare occasion. Like Andrew, I haven't seen you in a while, you know. Or I saw you at the Odyssey kind of birthday party in Cork, but we didn't get a chance to sit down and talk about your training or or how your college is going. It's something I'm really really interested in, and it's it's nice to just sit down even and, and have a chat about it because I'm sure other people would take an awful lot from it. Never mind your your training you know it's it's kind of fun to to talk about stuff that's adjacent to training because as you said you're andrew the the human before andrew the powerlifter you know so i think it's kind of cool especially for other people to see that the different side of you i think people have know way too much about adam and i at this stage but to kind of give that light to to other people and let other people appreciate you in the way that we do is kind of fun it's cool Say such lovely things. I'm gonna come on here more often. I say some fucked up stuff sometimes too. I was say. <laughs> it's all balanced. Yeah. <laughs> it evens out. Incredible. Amazing. Incredible. Well, there we go. That's um, yeah. That's that's the next year for you. Is there anything, Connor, that you you wanted to throw at Andrew before we round this out? No, I I I'm happy. I got all my questions out in a respectful way because I I had talked to a few people about me asking you, let's say, about your your junior career coming to an end and being at the big bye open world, and people were like, "Geez, that's a horrible like uh, spiraling thing to throw at somebody." But um, no, I think uh, Andrew took it very well, and he he obviously has his shit together, which is super super nice. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm excited. That's... I'm really really excited. I always forget how strong you are, Andrew. Whenever you post something, I'm like, "God damn! Like, what the fuck?" like <laughs> <laughs> yeah you reply I, did you send it into the coach's chat my squat you're like what the fuck is this yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's it, that's the reaction it's not even oh my god this is so great well done it's like what the <laughs> fuck is this <laughs> where did this come from or like the bench i always forget about the bench it's always the total builder that you're like wait how does he how does that work like what yeah, i struggle to squat like, that on a good day Thank I'm you. getting off off topic here because I know we're wrapping this up. But what always puzzles me is that, like, especially on deadlifts, like you and I will like rep similar stuff, mm. but you'll pull way more than me. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Maybe I'm a complete pussy, which is a, a very likely outcome. But yeah, it's your your lifting always fascinates me. That's uh, the de- the that's an interesting point. I don't know why body why weight. that is exactly body weight. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the way up. I'm on the way up. 105 for Fino? Not well for me. Not for not for Fino. I'm I'm came back from Germany and I was like 90 and I'm that's about two months ahead of what I want to be. Let's go. But I'm like 89 at the moment. Um and of course over Christmas I'm like, right, I will get back down to 88 where I'm supposed to be. Fucking yeah, over Christmas. Ah, Come on. 105 (laughs) for Fino, man. I'm telling you, that's that's the play. That's I, where the I, progress is. Yeah. Actually, we Andrew sent me your story the other day. I think it was, uh, or was it your post? And you've been making great progress in training recently. And I don't know if the way you worded it was like a question or something, like or like, damn, didn't expect all this progress. And Andrew was like, well, 
yeah, that's what happens when you gain some fucking body weight. Like, I actually um, don't think that's the case, though, as well. I think there is evidence out there to suggest that the impact of a caloric surplus on strength gain is, is certainly negligible compared to the impact on muscle growth. But I think a perceived benefit in that realm is still a benefit. And look, it, it's another one of these wins or gains that we're, we're kind of putting into this aggregation of marginal gains. I don't know if you caught that as the working definition we have for momentum, but I think it um, plays a role. It I plays think, a role, of course. Yeah, you're creating the conditions, right, for, for positive training by being in a calorie Absolutely. surplus and gaining yeah. weight for sure. Like that's not, you're not arguing that, but there is definitely the phenomenon where when you're, when you're holding a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? Like yeah. when you've gained body weight and everything's gone amazing for you, then everyone in the world needs to gain body weight and their life's going to improve, you know? Yeah, it's I'm one gonna, of these flavors. I'm going to just, just take this conversation and I'm going to I'm gonna save it for when you guys come on to two Andrews on Barbell. Oh, play, with pleasure, yeah. Andrew and I have already said we need to debate you guys on shit and this is going to be the number one. This is going to be... This is going to be it. And I, it's actually just like letting my dog off the leash. I'm not going to have to say anything. <laughs> until that. <laughs> well, is, is the rationale or the, the evidence is going to be like, well, what's your dots, bro? Like, what's your total? Because <laughs> it's, it's whatever, whatever citation I can pull out of my hole, it's like, yeah, well... I bench more than you or what's your bench press bro like, come on it's and that's uh, that's something i'm actually super anxious of if if i claim to be evidence-based or having a positive um if i have the right answers in xyz or i have evidence to suggest xyz is like well why aren't you fucking stronger bro because it's like it's obviously a ridiculous thing to say but yeah that just invalidates I invalidates still... the other party as as being a, a qualified you know member of That's a conversation incredibly <laughs> fallacious argument but, but but still i think it would be like an argument for for nuance you know if we were debating that specific topic the the two sides would be like it would be nuance on one side and kind of a more um a more what's the word the opposite of nuanced i can't think of the word off the top of my head do you know what i'm saying that would be the debate it wouldn't necessarily be like um well here's all my references yeah more yeah, cut and yeah, dry <laughs> versus well, it's not going to be like be andrew would sorry I, I, was, I was just gonna it's not like andrew was gonna bring us on was like well i feel like uh eating food helps you gain strength and adam and connor don't debate yeah exactly how you that. would frame a convers like a debate between me and you connor it's like you'd <laughs> fra- fra- <laughs> Adam thinks yeah, lifting it, it, doesn't help. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam took time off, got stronger. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we just all need to stop lifting. Um, yeah, no, that'd be cool, though. That'd be cool. Uh, what Adam else would you debate us on? Wait, before, before we move on from that, just for anyone listening, Adam, like, ticked and covered everybody's answer there. Is that it's just, it provides the conditions. It provides a lot of conditions for, for growth that are optimal for, yeah. for making progress. You're, you're, you're probably, probably going to be in a better environment for growth than you would be if you were in a calorie deficit. Like that's, I think, a fair assumption. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else would we debate you guys on? I don't know. We'll have to find out. We'd we do some some planning. Um, That'd be fun. Hopefully, I'd some like funny that. shit that you guys will lose. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah, for sure. Love it. Awesome. Well, Andrew, thank you very much for for joining us. As, as thank you so much for having me. It was so nice. This so was nice. A, a fun upgrade on our on our last episode. Actually, that's two back to back. I was going to say back to back. So the last time we had you on the podcast, Andrew was in COVID. 
Yeah, man. It was episode three, March 2021. Oh, my God. So for anyone for anyone who wants to, to kind of hear how, I don't know, puberty works, um, <laughs> hit up that episode. <laughs> hit up that episode. and you hear uh, what and growth hormone sounds like. Yeah, in fact. <laughs> Fact, fact, fact. No, I seriously. Don't think you can hear it in your voice, Connor, but yeah. This is it. This is it. <laughs> no, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to have you on again, Andrew. I'm, I'm delighted we got to this before episode 50. Um, you know, Connor was speaking there. Can't remember specifically what, what he was saying now, but I, I was thinking to, to myself, like, one of your superpowers is that you can absolutely be challenged on anything. Any position that you hold or any thought processes that you have, you can be challenged pretty fucking directly by me on it and you'll assume good faith and you know do your best to communicate in a productive way um, mm. and I think that really shines through on this podcast and I'm sure as you guys record more and more on your own podcast it'll it'll be a real feature of um, of that as a kind of a, a product yeah I like that makes for makes for a great conversation it's like a it's like a willingness to be wrong sometimes yes. as well. That's what makes for a great yeah. absolutely absolutely awesome well uh, for anyone who doesn't know andrew is also a coach here under odyssey strength so if you're interested in any of the services that we have to offer just hit head up head over to our website odysseystrength.ie forward slash services and if you like for whatever reason you can choose me or connor as coaches but the, the, <laughs> no the if you want to make real progress obviously select andrew Rowe. 100 100 awesome thank you everyone for listening we'll be back again before the year is out all the best